Welcome to Woodland Church. Here is today's message. Yeah, let's um, turn our attention to the scriptures this morning. Uh, We are in a series of the portrait of a fool. We started this last week, and we started looking at uh, Psalm 14.1. If you were, were, were here last week, we're looking at what does, what does a biblical fool look like? Psalm 14.1 states this, A fool says in his heart, There is no God. They are corrupt. They do abominable deeds. There is none who does good. A biblical fool, according to Scripture, is someone that has rejected the Creator that has said in their heart, there is no God. And we talked about last week how being a fool has really nothing to do with mental capacity. We have really messed up within our culture. We believe in so many places in this culture um, that somebody who has intelligence, mental intelligence, someone who maybe has a doctorate or Degree. If you are a doctorate in this room, I'm not picking on you today. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you are wise. You can have intelligence, but that doesn't mean that you still can't be a fool. Because a biblical fool has more to do with our character. And our character always starts with the foundation of recognizing the Lord God, our Creator. And the Bible teaches it clearly that A fool says in in his heart that there is no God. They have rejected his authority. They have rejected him. And what we see play out is that you're going to just see play out in what we talked about last week is how a fool, it really comes down to, to their character. How does their character look? How does their character play out here? Well, this week we're going to continue down the path of uh, The Portrait of a Fool, Part 2. I became really creative with this title this week. Um, as you can see, there, there should be a Part 2 up there. And we're going to continue on on what does a biblical fool look like and what are the, the characteristics that God is going to show us within his word. I want to turn real quickly. We looked at this verse last week, Proverbs 1-7. If you were raised in the church, you have probably read this this proverb many times. But Proverbs is simply a a book of wisdom for us, and it's going to teach us how not to be a fool. But Proverbs 1-7 says this, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Now, today, I'm not going to focus much on that front-end verse of it because we had talked mostly about that one last week, but I do want to look at the second half of this. Fools despise wisdom and instruction, Scripture teaches. The Hebrew word here for despise, which you guys love Hebrew and Greek. I totally recognize that every time I bring up biblical languages. But when this scripture was written in the Hebrew, bazu, which translates not just to despise, but to hold in contempt, to hold as insignificant. A fool 
finds no significance in wisdom and instruction. They despise it. They find no value in wisdom. They find no value in instructions upon their life. They are worthless to them. They say, why would I want wisdom? What would that profit me at all in this life? They don't believe that there is any gain in gaining wisdom and having instructions upon their lives. Well, Proverbs chapter 2, I want to give you, first of all, the reason why you don't want to be a fool. Because Proverbs chapter 2 is a fantastic book, on, or a, a book I, I should be saying, chapter on the benefits of God's wisdom and the benefits of God's instruction. So I want to just give us some quick encouragement here. Proverbs chapter 2, it says this, My son, if you receive my word and treasure up my commandments with you, Make your ear attentive to wisdom and incline your heart to understanding. Yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures. The fool doesn't want anything to do with wisdom and instruction upon their lives. But Proverbs chapter 2 gives us this beautiful insight on the benefits of gaining wisdom and understanding. There's great benefits to be gained. They will gain them, and he says, to incline your ear, raise your voice for understanding. He says, seek it like silver, as if it was a hidden treasure. I love that, that visual there. If you knew that there was a hidden treasure somewhere, and if you had just a general idea where that hidden treasure might be, you would go after it. You would seek it. You would want to find it. Scripture here says wisdom, understanding is like that, to go after it, to seek it. And he talks about more benefits in verses 5 through 15. He says, Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is, he is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice, watching over the way of, this, of his saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity every good path. For wisdom will come into your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will watch over you. Understanding will guard you. Deliver you from the ways of evil, from men of pervert speech, who forsake the path of, upright, of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the, in the perseverance of evil. Men whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. Scripture teaches us here that wisdom is a shield to us. It guards us in the path of life. Wisdom becomes pleasant to our souls. It watches over us. It's that wisdom you will gain the understanding of the fear of the Lord. Now, I bring this up because when we talk about the portrait of a fool, a fool wants nothing to do with any of this. The fool sees no value in this area 
Why would I need that? Why would I need any of that in my life? Now, we know that they have not only rejected the, the Lord, but what this really comes down to, guys, is this is the biggest issue within mankind. A fool's attitude is very simply this. I'm good. That's a fool. Is literally, it has an attitude in this life, and it walks and it thinks and it says, I'm good. I don't need any more wisdom. I don't need any instruction, that's for sure. I don't need anyone telling me anything. It's just this, it's this attitude within that we see how this plays out. It's just like, don't even talk to me, right? Like, don't even bring up anything in my life. I don't want to hear that. I don't, even, I don't even want to think about that. I don't find any value in these instructions. They've got an attitude like they've got everything figured out. Now, you may not know this about me, but I've, I've, uh, I've, I've played a fool many of times in my life, personally. And uh, within this characteristic has been me on many occasions. See, a fool isn't just a fool all the time. You can be a fool at at times in your life. It's not like you just become wise and you're just always wise. We're constantly growing. We're constantly learning. The Lord Jesus is constantly transforming our lives. Well, I remember back in high school, and I don't think I've ever shared this story with you, but I'm going to paint a quick picture of a fool. A friend of mine and I went down to Milwaukee. Now, when I went to high school, I went to high school in Wisconsin, and we decided to go down to Milwaukee, and I actually forgot why we even went down there, but it was, the year was 2000. Now, at this time, for you young folks, if you're younger than me, you've grown up in the world of GPS and phones, and you can literally put any place you want to go in the world, and it will literally, like Google, will just literally take you there, right? Like, you could type in any address. You can even put in addresses right now in some random town in Egypt, and Google will literally get you there. Well, this was before all of this, right? This was during the, the times where you had to read a map. And uh, we did have a thing called MapQuest. Does anyone remember MapQuest where you could go online and, like, type your address or type in, like, the address? Then you could, like, print out, like, directions. Then you'd have to, like, read these, like, intense directions, like, turn here and turn there while you're trying to, like, drive. Well, I didn't need any of that stuff. And we're going down to... M- Milwaukee, and I had been there plenty of times before, and we were going to someplace new. So we're driving on down there, and we're turning off of, I believe, Highway 41. We're coming in on the 41 side, and I was for sure, I knew right where I was going. You get off the highway, and you go right. It should be just down the road. So we pull off, and my friend says, hey, I don't think you're going in the right direction. And because I'm a fool. I start justifying who I am. You guys know this, but I take great pride in the fact that I'm a son of a truck driver. And I tell this to my friend. Listen, my dad's a truck driver. I know where I'm going. I've, I always know where I'm going. Like, this is like how I was raised. I can tell you at any point in time where north, east, south, or west is. You could drop me off anywhere. I'll figure out directions. This is this is what I do. This is how I was raised. This is what I know. So I ignore their advice. 
And it was funny because we were driving past this gas station and they said, why don't you pull over there? Why don't you just ask this person? They probably know where we're going. It's very, very close to this area. I don't need that. I don't need instruction. I don't need advice. I don't need someone else's wisdom. So after about 20 minutes of driving and realizing I have no idea where I am, I, uh, I turned around and I drove back to that gas station and I said, hey, I'm looking for this place. And they said, oh, it's a mile right down, just go left. And I went right. I didn't think I needed instructions. I don't need someone else telling me what to do, right? Now, maybe husbands and wives, I don't know if you guys have ever been in an argument like that when you're driving, and maybe, maybe the husband's driving, possibly, could be. Maybe the wife says something, the husband, in his heart and in his mind, I don't need to listen to that right now, possibly. I don't know. I don't want to start any marital fights here today. But that's the essence of a fool. They're not willing to listen to any instruction. It's this, it's this inner core problem within mankind. I want to read a couple of Proverbs to you. Proverbs ten seventeen. Whoever heeds instruction is on the path of life. But he who rejects reproof leads others astray. Proverbs 12, 1. Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates reproof is stupid. We probably shouldn't say that word in church. I don't want our children to be learning that word. <laughs> but it's very clear. Proverbs 15, 5. A fool despises his father's what? Instructions. But whoever heeds reproof is prudent. It's this attitude that I don't need any advice on my life. Now, we see this very clearly within biblical standards. And this is where things really start to play out. When we, at times, church, are not living up to the biblical standards that is laid out within God's Word, which we're all going to fall short from time to time, what happens when somebody calls you out on it? What happens when somebody maybe brings up something in your life that maybe you really don't, don't really want to talk about, maybe you don't really want to address, and they just bring it up. Hey, i gotta got to talk to you about something. I've kind of noticed this. What's the attitude? Because that's, that's the real core here. What's the attitude? How, how do we take instructions? How do we take reproof in our lives? We know in this world, it's easy to look at the culture and the world around us and say, well, all these people are nothing but fools. They have rejected God on every level. It's totally easy to look there and to, and to recognize that. But I think where the rubber really meets the road is when in a church, within God's family, within God's people, when somebody corrects us, when somebody challenges us, maybe with Scripture or brings up something that we don't ever want to talk about, it's the attitude on how do, how do we accept that? Because a fool despises wisdom, rejects instruction. They don't want any reproof on their life. 
They're good. I'm good. I do everything right. I'm perfectly fine. You don't need to say anything. You don't need to correct me. But the reality is, church families, that every single one of us in this room, every single one of us, we have blind spots in our lives that we don't even see. We have things that maybe come out at times that we, that we don't even recognize within our lives. And it's, it's just our sin nature coming forth. But I think the real challenge is, is like, how do we take it? If somebody maybe questions us, which as a pastor, I, I tend to get questioned a lot, which is, I think that that is one of the greatest things. But how do we take it? Because when you look at a biblical fool, yes, the very foundation is that their moral character has completely rejected God. We totally get that. But the other thing is, is that they're open to instruction. If somebody says something to us, are we open to it? Or do we just have this thing within our heart that's called pride and arrogance and this idea that I've got it all figured out. I know what I'm doing. I don't need to hear from you. It's perfectly fine, you know. And it's just like it's this rejection of anyone questioning anything within our lives. And church, I just, I just see that that this is such a core to all of man's problems. And it's not, it's not like us churchgoers don't have any room for this. We have to have room. We have to be open to a challenge, to reproof, to instruction, to wisdom, especially when it is from God's word within our lives. And I, I could argue that this is true not just within moral compass, within standards of, of just how to be honoring Christ, but this is true just even within the business world, even within the cultural world. When you come across someone that just is like, I know what I'm doing, don't even question my authority on this one area, it's like, that is, that is, it's just a foolish action. They may be some sort of expert, but are they at least open to having a conversation about maybe seeing things a little bit differently? They've just rejected it completely, and they're like, wow, I don't need any advice there. I don't need any instructions. I got another scripture verse for you. Ephesians 4, 1 through 3. You may want to write this one down. Paul says this, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Leave that verse up there. I want to urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling. Jesus Christ has come and died for the sins of the world, and he's called men and women to come and follow him. And Paul says this, I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Verse 2, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Put verse 2 back up there. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. 
The core of a fool wants no reproof, wants no instructions, wants no outside voices upon their lives. It's pride. It's arrogance. We're all going to struggle with it, church. I hate to break this one to you. If you have not recognized this about yourself yet, you have pride within you. You have arrogance within you. It's within us, right? Like, it's like man thinks they're right in their own eyes. But with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. That's the challenge within our lives, church. It's not just for this world who has completely rejected the creator, but this is the challenge to us every single day. And the most amazing thing is, is that this is the very essence of being a Christian. Do you realize that? That being a Christian is getting to a point in your life where you recognize, I'm wrong. I've screwed up. I've sinned against heaven and against the creator of the universe. Being a Christian is the very essence of of just recognizing, I can't do it. I don't have all the answers. And I find it interesting that so often at times we can still struggle in this area within our lives. And I get it. It takes humility. It's not enjoyable getting reproved in this life. It's not enjoyable getting a phone call and somebody calling us out on the sin that they see within our lives. Nobody likes it, right? Like nobody wakes up every single day saying, I'm hoping somebody calls me out today. Right? I'm hoping I'm at work and I'm really hoping somebody gives me some instructions today. No one's thinking like that. But when, as you look at God's word, this is what a fool is. A fool doesn't want anything to do with any of that. They don't want to be instructed. They don't want any wisdom. They don't want to be reproved by anyone. And the core is the pride of man. That's the core. That's the core issue that I see biblically that I believe God's word wants to confront within our lives. And I think, church, the best response to this is us just recognizing, God, I, I can play a fool at times. Lord, I'm, I'm not always right. I don't have all the answers for every subject in this world. Morally, Lord, I fall short. But God, you discipline me. Reprove me through your word. Use my brothers and sisters in Christ to help me see what I don't see. I cannot express that enough about this idea of blind spots in our lives. I learned this one a decade ago, and I've come to absolutely realize this is 100% true. We have things within us that we don't see. And sometimes it takes, oftentimes it takes somebody to point it out. If you're married, you get that, right? It's true, right? Like, you got a spouse, got a husband, they say stuff to you. Don't always want to hear it. Am I wrong here? Maybe it's just my marriage. Maybe it's just my wife always working on me, okay? Maybe. But this is true within the church, people. As we love each other, as we are working for God's kingdom, we're going to rub up against one another and things are going to come out that I believe it's through the Holy Spirit working within our lives, working within other believers' lives, and it's challenging us. 
And things can fall apart real fast if we hang on to pride. Oh, man, things can just, ooh, that's, that is when Satan takes a foothold within churches and within organizations and within our lives. But a fool despises wisdom, despises instructions. And church, my prayer for us today is that we would be men and women that would be open to correction within our lives. If you are a follower of Christ, that is the very essence of being a follower of Christ. When somebody calls out your language, when somebody calls out your attitude, when somebody calls out immorality within our lives, we just humbly take it. God, transform me. Lord Jesus, you use this person today to point something out. And God, I'm coming to you. Lord, reveal this weakness within my life. Lord, help me to repent of my ways, to turn from them and to trust in your grace upon our lives. See, that's the other amazing thing about Christ is like he forgives us, right? Like we're all fools. We all mess up. That's the, that's the essence of being a Christian is that Jesus Christ paid for our sins and our mistakes on the cross. And when a brother and sister challenges us, it's like, praise the Lord. Jesus, this is another thing that I need your grace for upon my life. It's not condemnation. It's not, well, you're just, you know, just, just kick them out of here. It's like we have grace for one another with all humility and gentleness. The scriptures teach us. I want to pray for us this morning, church family, and I ask for you to stand, and then I'm going to invite the worship team back up here. And I want to pray that we would have hearts that are softened towards one another, but towards God's word as well. And join, if you could play death, was arrested this morning. Let us pray. Father, Father, we come to you, Lord. Father, I, I pray, Lord, upon my own heart, Lord. Father, you know all of my own weaknesses and my own shortcomings, my own mistakes. Father, help me to be open to your reproof upon my life. And Father, help us as a church family to live this out. To not be so prideful, not to be hanging on to our own arrogance within us, Lord, but help us to walk humbly. Help us to be reproved first and foremost by your word, but also, Lord, by others within our lives. Father, you transform our lives. You challenge us, you change us, and I praise you for that this morning, Lord. Father, as we sing and as we declare who you are and what you've done for us, Lord, soften our hearts. Soften our hearts towards you. Father, I praise you now and I ask this all in Jesus' name.